0: Tracking moving objects has a wide range of applications, military, entertainment, sports, medical, and robotics, just to name a few. It's also used in filmmaking and in video game development. How is it used in CGI? I don't know, but in this episode, 2239, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Pros, will be doing a deep dive into the subject when they answer the commonly asked question, what is motion tracking and how is it used in CGI? On the CG Pros, CG Insider Podcast.
1: Welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a new listener to our podcast, a special welcome to you. If you're a regular listener, it's great to see you again. Welcome back. In today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, Sean and I will be answering another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Tamara P. from Maui, Hawaii. Wow. And Tamara asks, how is motion tracking used in CGI? And by the end of our discussion... You'll not only know what motion tracking is, but you'll also learn how it's used with CGI to create some of today's most realistic movies and VFX shots that you are probably uh, seen uh, lately. And you'll also know a little bit of history and background of how we got to where we are with this t- amazing technology. Uh, be sure to stay also to the end of the podcast, because we'll be reading some of your comments as well. I'm Bill Johnston, an industry veteran specializing in 3D animation and digital VFX for folks like Activision and Sony Computer Entertainment.
2: And I'm Sean Johnston, also a professional CG artist and animator in the video game industry with uh, over 28 years of experience, and today uh, I'm currently a full-time animation director. And we are grateful to be your hosts for today's edition of the CG Insider Podcast. So thanks for asking that question, and gosh, I love Maui. Can't wait to go back there with you, Bill.
1: (laughs) That that was a great great trip. It was probably one of my favorite trips uh, of all time, actually.
2: Absolutely. Hey, so... You know, this this question came up, um, I, I figured we'd, we'd um, also kind of talk about maybe some motion, uh, besides just motion tracking and camera tracking, what about uh, motion control and kind of mix those two together? What do you think? Sound good?
1: That'd be great. Yeah, they're all kind of mixed t- together. It's a pretty broad subject, actually. It's probably enough for three podcasts, but we're going to try to cram it into one at least uh, kind of get you a, a good sense of exactly what we're talking about here as far as how it affects CGI and, and other things as well, but... Uh, this is primarily how it affects CGI and VFX. So, um, so what is, exactly is motion uh, tracking, Sean?
2: Uh, well, I mean, if you're going to have the difference between, let's say, motion tracking and and camera tracking, there is a difference. Uh, it's basically from the standpoint of what what actions being followed. Uh, motion tracking tracks the motion of an object from from the camera's perspective. Um, it's used, for example. You want to track, let's say, a single player on a soccer field, and and throughout that game, you, you can track that character or that that person running around, or a race car on it on a on a track. And then some of that time, some of the things you'll see, like uh, at, at car races right now, where they'll, they'll track the person's name of the car, you know, on the actual video itself, live, in real time. Um, For a long time, that wasn't even possible. Um, and then camera tracking basically tracks the, the camera's motion on and projects it as if you're, for example, in a VR augmented reality world. Um, or, you you know, for example, when you combine a 3D object with a live action shot, you know, for example, if you had a, let's say you look in the sky and you wanted to insert a 3D object spacecraft, for example, or a 3D creature running down the street. That's kind of what camera tracking is, is the difference between motion tracking, but very similar. Yes.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say yes. The, the when, and they, they feed that data into a motion control system. So that, and that's that's basically what it sounds like as well. Is just the ability to control something on a repeatable basis, and that's how they actually do a lot of the VFXs. They they do, do they they create you know they use that camera tracking data and they export that onto you know base rigs. You know they're mo- they're c- called motion bases. Yes, and motion control in some of its pre you know previous at least primitive form has has been used you know since. Uh, the days of Thomas Edison and the Lumiere brothers—we've kind of touched back on on some of the techniques used uh, in VFX in, in the early days, where uh, they were, you know, using, you know, they'd have the, the, same, the camera travel on the same path, and they they'd mat out certain parts of the the, the, the uh, what the camera sees and put in uh, different, you know, sh- miniatures or something something of that nature, or even a different layer of, of film altogether. Uh, kind of doing what we're doing today, except at a very primitive level. Um,
2: Yes, and they would, They would, uh, for example, back in uh, some of the, the history of, of some motion control, for example, a lot of that stuff was, was developed also. I know you said before, you, you've talked a little bit about the history before this, but around 2001 Space mm-hmm. Odyssey, they were using some type of uh, camera control that was basically controlled by a, a computer. So you're having your camera moves through the scene of, let's say, miniatures, for example, um, where the camera is much smoother... Then a person can operate it, and a lot faster too. So you could speed that up, slow it down, and you get these these really you know um, s- slow outs, um, slow ends, you know ease out, ease out, ease ends, those kind of camera moves, and then super fast, and then it would be so smooth because it's it's not operated by a um, a person. It's almost like a, you know you'd see the the robots in a in a factory today that that are are precision instruments that that design or build cars and and do the welding and and those are the things that the kind of the the first iteration of of that and then of course star wars they well, were yeah, using go, that go you
1: get, go too far I just okay go ahead. Say, and, and and that's 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 really what i was talking about is they tried to do these 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 passes you know multi passes with the camera but their their technology like you said they, they you had a human operator and so as they're trying to run it down the track they couldn't run it exactly at the same speed you know it goes slower at times and faster at t- others it was never exactly the same Twice, and they they were close, and they you know they're it was you know kind of pioneering technique at the time, but the the, the it it wasn't wasn't very accurate. And you're right, uh, when two thousand and one a, a space odyssey came around, they they really took motion control honestly to the next level because they used like you were talking about these these large mechanical rigs um, that were that were that were kind of big and, and and kind of scary, but it was the first thing that really enabled precise and repeatable. Mm-hmm. Camera and motion uh, you know tr- pathways for the for the camera um, you know they t- they use it for the spaceship models as as well as the film's uh, finale you remember that um, i do a, i think you, you just mentioned that they talked about uh, using um, it was down the death Star right the trench
2: they kept coming through there in a perfect computerized um, smooth you know roll into it and then down the down the um the trench there uh, to destroy the, the Death Star. I remember that, uh, seeing that in miniature, I was really blown away at how smooth that was. Because uh, yeah, everything, the, actually,
1: I actually have that here. Here's a Do you? Okay.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no. I want to see it.
1: But but uh, yeah, it was a creative. Me- so so this was created, like you said, with a, with a a special uh, scanning photography device. It was a mechanically controlled. It's called slit scan, uh, which basically it uses a, a precisely controlled camera. Uh, motion during the exposure of single frames of film to come up with this. You know, I, when I saw this, this was the, when I saw this, I said, this is, I'd never seen anything like this before. It was, it was my first exposure to like computer graphics, real computer graphics. I mean, just phenomenal uh, for the time. Uh, this, and when was this? 1968, I think that was made. Beautiful. Yeah, just phenomenal for the time. I, 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 and i would never seen anything. And since that time, I had never seen anything that really rivaled uh, any of this uh, for quite a while
2: yeah, I think there was something earlier on where they they to re, to repeat an actual motion they they had some type of a, a, a rig that uh, I can't even remember. I was I, when I was doing research for this this podcast, I forgot the name of um, of one of the pioneers of some of the uh, early uh, motion picture stuff, but they were using some type of a uh, a rudimentary version of this that was was not computer controlled, but it it was repeating the same movement over. Uh, using a camera at the, on the other end of it.
1: Oh yes, yes. Wasn't that real for real-time effects or something like that, Sean? Uh, I, I, you know what? I probably. <laughs> you know, I can't. I don't know. Well, and, 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 and you know, then you were talking about Star Wars. Yeah, and, then, and that was the next leap of of uh, technology, if you will. But next. Uh, well, yeah, that was a must-have. Really, Everybody yeah. after seeing that, they're
2: going, "We we all need this." And they, uh, you know, a lot of that. No one wanted competition, so they had. How did they achieve those certain shots, and what was the technology they used? They they kind of kept that really really tight, uh, you know, secret until you know. Obviously, generally you understood, but what, what it was and what they did. But it's like wow. Um, <laughs> and then of course some of the, some of the guys who who, who worked on those uh, those early rigs went and developed uh, their own and and started selling them back in 1994, I believe. There's one called the Milo. I don't know if you heard of that one, but it was. It was the first one uh, actually bought by an Israeli virtual production startup uh, back in uh, 1994, which is interesting. I didn't think they were into uh, virtual production uh, that that early, but uh, I thought that was very interesting.
1: Yeah. And since multiple, you know, the interesting thing is multiple layers uh, are, you know, when you're shooting visual effects, you're doing CG or, or primarily for when you're trying to integrate live action and CG elements, you know, they have to be you know, because since one's created in a computer and one's created in, in you know, in the, the real world, you know, they're shot separately uh, or photographed separately. They're, you know, the scenes are done uh, separately, and you have to, uh, you know, bring them together. And the nice thing about what uh, what uh, George Lucas did, uh, well, he they they put together ILM just for the purpose of creating the visual effects for the Star Wars movie, um, and one of his goals was. To create dynamic shots of moving spacecraft, because they've had, you know, he was a big fan of George Lucas was anyway, a big fan of World War Two, you know, uh, fighter air, airplane fighter uh, movies. Mm-hmm. But they never really captured uh, that dynamic shots, the, the, the dynamics, and and for you in, in what they did capture, he was trying to recreate that, but he never, he couldn't really do that with with the technology that they had. So uh, he just wanted to, to, to um, you know kind of capture that and so he had this guy um, John Dykstra uh, come in and he designed the first real motion capture or, or motion what is it not motion capture motion control control system mm-hmm. basically uh, that created those fantastic effects that we're used to seeing because it was able to to basically create those camera moves and and uh, uh, spaceship paths uh, you know, in a repeatable way. And so he got some really dynamic, and he, they were able to shoot it several different times with several, di- and layer them up, and you had your, your composited scene of, you know, the Death Star, you know, as as, as the Millennium Falcon's flying underneath it, stuff like that.
2: Well, do uh, uh, you have any examples of uh, motion control uh, that you'd want to show before we go into any of the, the motion tracking and camera tracking stuff?
1: Uh, I, well, I just have a couple pictures. Uh, this is, this was, a, uh, the, the, it was called the Dykstra Flex. It was the, was the name of the system. And here, here it is, you know, uh, Working with a Tie Fighter, and uh, here's a picture of the Millennium Falcon. Dig the dig the fashion back then. <laughs> yeah, I like it. No um, as a matter of fact, it's really funny that they they're using uh, uh, John Knoll, who's working on the Mandalorian, have decided they decided to bring this technology back uh, and use it because it was well, for one, cost effective, and uh, the technology now now is so cheap. He made his own little mini version, and they're u- actually using it. And here's a here's an image of that, or it's looking at the Razor Crest spacecraft. That's, they're, the, that's they're doing the, some of the same work they did back, back, you know, wow. 30, 40 years ago, John, it's pretty funny.
2: Well, I mean, there's also you today, you can get your own very, very small, small versions of those. If you wanted to do, let's say, um, uh, a, a, time, time-lapse photography or something like that, you can actually have it scan the sky and follow, you know, follow this, follow the stars. And I've seen some as, as low as like a thousand bucks, something like that. There might even be some, uh, even cheaper than that. Um, and so you can pretty much do these these really neat uh, slow pans yourself, and you, they have apps for your phone that you can even use. Uh, I think Surface One is one of them. You can actually use uh, dolly shots with your DSLR, and you can do capture smooth tracking and panning uh, with a thing called the Surface One. And uh, that 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 puts us uh, puts that in our, you know just a normal person's you know. Uh, independent person, you know, not a big studio's hands to do some really cool uh, VFX.
1: Yes, I I think that uh, is what a lot of people are using for doing like stop motion uh, animation, uh, because it allows you to shoot multiple elements, you know, with the same camera move and duplicate them exactly. So you can combine the different elements that you're doing stop motion for, as well as, you know, even miniature sets, uh, because you're combining, you know, miniatures with the stop motion, even with full scale video, you can mix them all together with the same uh, camera data. You, know, you can actually scale the camera data down and, and, and uh, it works at all at different scales in the same way. You know, it adjusts for speed and for, and you can even do lens changes where you're doing zooms and, and uh, you know, tilts and, and pans and stuff like that. And it's all reproduced at scale.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. They, they also have the different axis, you know, three axis, five axis, capable systems, one, two, three, four, five. So you've got all these different accesses you can do Actually, I think it's 1, 3, and 5. I don't know if it actually goes to 4. But anyway, that, that's pretty cool. Um, I have a little real quick thing of, um, I can just show on some of the recent things for uh, motion control for Ta- Talladega Nights. This particular thing uh, has a camera control going through the car. And then, of course, they have the CGI uh, compositing on top of that where they're doing the tracking using the camera, of course, and then also doing tracking the video and then adding the 3D car on top of it they also, for this particular scene, they uh, they did a lot for Speed Racer in two thousand and eight, and this is pretty neat. I, I, I see the one of the characters, you know, driving the the Mach Five, and and they actually have the camera tracking plus tracking all of the points uh, for the motion um, for the the CGI car that they're putting in around him. He's in this little box. Gosh, that is that's almost like a go kart size. And it's spinning around on a motion control system too for the car and then of course they're putting the cgi car on top of him layering on uh you know in front and around him Uh, that's just the technology is really really cool to to mix both of those together you know motion tracking uh motion control uh camera tracking all that so it's pretty pretty cool
1: Yes, and the thing that's really nice about that is it's used more commonly than you know. Here's an, here's an example of, of that, which exactly kind of what you were talking about. and It's called a motion control base. And so they basically, uh, here's the composited, just, you know, it's, a, a, of course, a, a flat shaded uh, uh, thing, but you can actually just see how uh, this thing is set up, where you can actually, the, the base is, you've animated the creature, and then the, the creatures, you take the information, the position of the shoulders of the creature, and translate that to the motion base, and so you film the character on the motion base. And here's a probably a nice, a better um, Don example Planet of zombies. That. Yeah, uh, yeah. Great. This is
2: here's
1: a, this is a, a pretty nice example of, of this where uh, you have the guy in the back of a of a, of a an armored vehicle, and he's shooting up a bunch of zombies. And he, you know, this is be, or, ordinarily you couldn't really film that, but you can see that it looks like he's integrated into the onto the, the truck, and the truck is actually integrated in the environment. Uh, and you see him reacting to physics. The, the car is shaking; he's shaking. It's very, very nicely integrated. Uh, but basically, uh, what they do is they they take that the animation uh, from that truck, and they put that uh, they apply that to the uh, motion base. Which he's standing on, and they do—they comp all the rest of the, the stuff uh, into the scene. That's that's a great that's a great scene. I love that. I love that. Oh, work. oh here's an example of that. You can see him on the left, and and uh, you can see the, the the cameras. You can see them comping it, and the final version's here on the right bottom. But those are the different stages they went through to produce that effect. I want to do that. That looks great. That that's really 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 well done.
2: Well, let's, let's go back just a little bit to some of the early motion tracking and his little bit of history of that. I, I, I believe I, I, I thought it was maybe the abyss, but it wasn't. Um, I noticed that when I went back, look at some of those shots, they, they were pretty much locked down cameras for doing motion tracking of the, uh, you know, the, the water creature that comes through there. Uh, and, and I, and I, so I go, I think it's basically T2 is really where I think they did the first kind of tracking of a scene. Um, back in 1991 and uh, for the T2 and this particular scene where where this um, you know the car explodes or the, no, the truck explodes underneath the um, uh, the reservoir in, in LA and then they have these tracking points here where they track the actual motion and put it into the computer to track uh, Jason Patrick uh, for this particular scene. Uh, I thought that was that was uh, probably the first that you'd seen this one. And then of course, go to Jurassic park back in 1993, when you've got the, the flock of, uh, dinosaurs running I which obviously blew everybody away. And you see the tracking markers on the ground that they used for that actual scene where it's actually moving dynamically around the actors. Um, they did it again for the, for the end shot for the, um, when the, the actual T-Rex, um, money shot basically at the very end where they had the, um, Velociraptors, you know, on top of uh, the T-Rex. And it was inside of a, you know, a, 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 an actual, you know, real uh, practical set. Um, and so I thought that was uh, probably one of the coolest. Well, you know, this whole, sh- this, I think we're into what we're doing because of this and Tron and all those kind of movies. It just kind of, these are the things that just got us so excited to be able to see that we could actually do this. In fact, this initial dinosaur test. Um, I thought it was you know there's an interesting story about just the Jurassic Park. Let me just quickly say that that story. Um, this this scene you're seeing here is by Steve Spaz Williams, and he was a an animator on Jurassic Park, and they they had already basically um, signed with um, uh, Tippett, I believe, to do um, stop motion. And what happened was is he did this little test on his own on this computer and he had um, had it playing on his little his monitor and they had a, Kathleen Kennedy um, and, and Spielberg and a bunch of people were coming through the scene or through the uh, office there and they saw it playing on the computer and basically he kind of he was told not to do that actually Steve Spouse Williams and he did it anyway and they and they got blown away and they said okay we're not doing stop motion we're going to be doing uh, uh, you know fully CG characters for the dinosaurs well, yes, because
1: the the tracking is so awesome. I mean, and, and you, as you mentioned, traditionally, the VFX shots were locked off because, you know, in a, if they're if they're locked off in a single position, they would obviously be seamlessly, you know, you compositely composite them and they're they're seamlessly aligned together. Uh, but when you know when the camera's mm-hmm. moving, especially for handheld, you know, handheld camera shots, you know. Um, they, they just really did a great job there of, of capturing uh, you know, the, the, the motion of the camera and then applying that into the CG world to keep the, the creatures grounded. You know, it's, it's, right. very, it's monumental honestly.
2: Right. And it was, it was done extremely well. And then this is kind of just a real exa- a quick example of um, a actual tracking of an object where you wanted to add some text on top of something. So now you can actually p- pinpoint an object or uh, um, pixels within an object and you can run it through, you know, Adobe After Effects and you can actually 2D track that text on top of that. And that's what a, um, a pretty cool application to use that for that anybody really can do. You can, try, you can do this yourself. That's what's cool about it.
1: Yes, and here's a pretty nice example of some, mo- some tracking that's being done today. It's done, you know, one of the uses of, of uh, camera tracking and, and uh, camera uh, motion control is with uh, shows like... Uh, well, in the advertising industry, in, it's a money in and the shows that we see every day, and this is this is a sports package uh, uh, that was done, um, and you can see that they're just using virtual a virtual studio with with uh, it's actually Unreal Engine, uh, and of course the Bolt camera uh, running in in parallel and and getting all these shots, and so you can basically live direct these shots, um, and you don't have to use green screens, you don't have to use anything and you can get the shot that you're after you just repeat it the camera does the same darn thing it you just it's it's perfect i mean it it really saves a lot of money because the production you get the you get what you want uh the first time well not the first time but you know in it much much faster in a production environment than 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 you used to be able to to, uh, achieve these shots
2: yes and you can do it with um food and you know like we said very very fast motion and stopping on a dime and rotating around. I mean, just, you just can't do that with a human being. And that's why you see some of these shots that they've done in commercials and and some of these movies. And you're like, how did they do that? And it's, they're using like a bolt camera or Milo camera, these really expensive um, cameras to do this.
1: Yes. And then there's here's one of my favorite shots of, of uh, motion tracking and and, uh, it's just a, just real done where they integrated live action with CG characters and they, they just ran this several times, you know, with the, the same camera motion uh, with the characters doing their thing. And each character could take a different take. <laughs> and here's, uh, here's uh, uh, in the Age of Ultron, uh, kind of the same thing. They just took it to another level here.
2: Yeah, I was looking at some of the Shang-Chi stuff, too. I mean, there's not really a blockbuster movie today that doesn't have some type of motion tracking or camera tracking in there. Whether they're doing scene replacements in the in the background or extensions, sorry, excuse me, you know, uh, well, yeah, character, you know, are replacing like Iron Man's suit with uh, you know a CG one, where they're tracking the character, putting it on there, you know, with the HUD elements, and then of course set extensions, adding motion blur on top of characters by tracking them. There's so many things that they're they're using it for today. It's just it's you won't see pretty much any any blockbuster film without it.
1: No, and that's because it's it's so well it's it's almost yeah exactly. Um, it's you know, prolific. We've had we've had fifty years, Sean, of of, of um, evolution in these these, these tools, both uh, from a from a uh, you know physical point of view and as far as advances in technology with actuators and servo motors and electric you know control uh, electric controllers, but um, the software has also gotten incredible, especially with the introduction of AI. Um, you know, and how it can analyze motion and, and create, recreate motion. And it just, it just makes the whole, per, you know, we're doing things that were unthinkable uh, just a couple of years ago.
2: Right. And then of course with the Irishman, which I think uh, they should have used deep fakes with, uh, but they use that same kind of technology where they tracked uh, both of their faces and, and basically de-aged them. Um, I think uh, it just didn't, to me, I think they use the underlying facial um, structure, you know, of, of, the current actors at their age. And I think it doesn't look right because they're using like saggier skin than they used to have, you know what I mean? It's, or fatter skin. So it just doesn't, it doesn't look right. Um, there might be other reasons as well. I, I can't really put my finger on, but here's a cool rule, a, a, a application of it too is where you're just tracking, you know, this, this particular one's a dance and they're tracking their faces. Uh, and this is kind of a cool, Look, you know, it's very interesting. Like, they have a cam that's just locked to the face. I think that's really, really cool Cool application of that, too.
1: That does look really interesting.
2: Yeah, it's unusual.
1: (laughs) Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, jump into the mailbag, Sean, uh, and uh, read a couple comments from people uh, just like us uh, who have... uh, Absolutely. ...who have commented. We We asked them what they liked about the CG Bros, and... uh, Okay, well, Lee Chen Di says, uh, Well,
2: simply... I love animation. That's one of the reasons why I go to the CG Bros and I watch their
1: content. It's the best. Well, that's probably why Susan, uh, Susanna, V, excuse me, Susanna, uh, goes there as well. Uh, I have been watching the CG Bros for inspiration for my own work. I love that they give students the platform to feature their projects. Well, oh. you know that's that's, uh, that's that's great. Thank you, Susanna. We do. Uh, we and it's not just. Uh, students, you know, anybody who's got a short film, and, and there are so many more short filmmakers now, especially with the tools that are out there today. Uh, you don't have to be a student. You could just be, be a, a, a creative, a, a new media producer.
2: If That's like. right. And, of course, you can also show, you know, your, your personal projects, your VFX breakdowns, uh, your before and afters, and send them our way. We definitely want to check them out and, and put them up on the channel. And then there's Van P., your uh, your leaders in sharing the best short-form narrative CG content out there. Well, we really appreciate that, Van P. I, I sure hope we do, and, and we, we try and pride ourselves on doing that uh, as best we can.
1: And this podcast is part of that, and we want to thank you for being part of our podcast today. And we want you to know that we do them exclusively for you, and uh, we had a great time answering. Tamara's question, what is motion tracking, and how is it used in CGI, and it's our hope that you learned something that you didn't know along the way, because it's our philosophy here at the CD Bros that you should learn something new at least once a week, uh, whether you need to or not. Uh, We enjoyed our conversation, and hope that you did too, and if you did, share it around with some of your friends. Uh, Hit that like button too, because it uh, really helps you to find other people who are interested in CGI and VFX-related stuff like you. Um, and uh, by the way, if you've got a subject that you'd like us to discuss in one of our podcasts, you can let us know uh, by going to our website at uh, up to the About Us tab, and then over to the Ask Us Anything drop down, just like Tamara did.
2: We're always looking to improve our podcast, even though we do these in exactly one take. Uh, and we would like to know what you think. Please leave us a comment below. And if you, if you do, no guarantees. We may even read it uh, during our, one of our future podcasts. Also, just in case you didn't know, we bring you a new and cutting-edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week, where we discuss things having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as other related and interesting topics. Also, don't forget, be sure to check out the CG Reels YouTube channel for your front-row seat for some amazing state-of-the-art CGI film entertainment, uh, short film entertainment created by some of the most talented new, new media producers and VFX studios out there today, as well, again, as some revealing VFX breakdowns, behind-the-scenes making-ofs, check those
1: out. John and I are looking forward to seeing you here again for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another great fan question. How are fractals used in CGI? Holy Mandelbrot! Wow.
2: (laughs) We'll see you here next week.
0: Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Pro's answer to the question, what is motion tracking, and how is it used in CGI? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. Here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more Insider information delivered right to your inbox, go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, what are fractals and how are they created in CGI? This has been episode 2239 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.